The following is a replay of a live show that aired Wednesday, February 28th at 5 o'clock p.m. The opinions expressed do not reflect the opinions of the University of Wisconsin-Madison or its Board of Regents. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy. Hello all, welcome to another edition of After Further Review on WSUM 91.7 FM Madison. I'm Vincent Hesbrick, here as always with my uh, friendly acquaintance, Alex Schuster. Alex, how you doing? I'm kind of offended that I was downgraded uh, from good friend of friendly acquaintance. Uh, uh, I got some work to do, got to get back in the gym and, and work my way up your, your friend roster there. Yeah, you only gave me $1,000 this week, I expect more than that. Otherwise, I will let your secrets out on the air. And as always, or not as always, for the first time ever, we'll be joined by Ethan <laughs> Uh, Ethan, want to introduce yourself here? So, I'm Ethan. Uh, oh, sure enough. Yep, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, as always, we'll start with Rate My Take, where three of us give our sports opinions ahead of time and uh, receive judgment from our fellow members. Alex is spinning it around, and ooh, we're in the edge. I think that's me, right? That is you. Okay, um, I'll, uh, I'll go first in this one. So we spent a lot of time last week talking about the All-Star Weekend. And we had some varying opinions. I mean, I'm still a big Rising Star fan, although everyone in my training group agreed that it's terrible, except for me. But uh, the one thing we really did agree on was that the All-Star game was terrible, like the actual game. I mean, uh, they had a combined, what, 168 three-pointers for the course of the game, 211 to 186. Worst part is that Adam Silver, before the game, he brought uh, basketball legends um, Larry Bird, uh, Julius Irving to come in and talk to the players, kind of hyped up, express the importance of playing hard in this game when the lights are bright. You got the biggest audience. They came to see a show. Give them a show. Andre Iguodala came in to hype everybody up as well. And, yeah, uh, they did not do that whatsoever. Um, there were times. Now, there were some good moments, like Dame Lillard making multiple half-court bombs. That was fun. But it was just so telling when Luka Doncic, who's considered to be one of the most competitive, fiery players in the league, with 22 seconds left on the shot clock, just heaved of like an overhand shot, three lengths of the court, missed everything. And yeah, I mean, that's just what you do in 2K when you don't care, I feel like. And the argument is that, well, I mean, look, these players, they th- this is their livelihood. And if they were to get hurt in a game that didn't mean anything, like this would just, it, it would destroy their careers. So if they got this much riding on themselves doing well, you got to play safe with it. But I contrast that to something I saw uh, this weekend. Uh, Wisconsin women's hockey played Ohio State matchup of one versus two, and neither team had anything to play for, R- really nothing meaningful. Ohio State already had uh, number one seed in WCHA playoffs and likely the number one spot in the nation locked up. No matter how Wisconsin did against them, Wisconsin, same deal, but for the number two spot. And yet both games were treated like it was a national championship. It was incredible. Uh, no players were arrested. And it wasn't even that they played their fourth lines more. They went all out as if this game really meant something. And it's because it did. They cared about the result. And you could just compare LeBon freaking out at the end, our friend John Green on the call, and they get that open net goal to win the second game 4-2. to two. Uh, The atmosphere was impeccable. And I just compare that to the mild disinterest from the All-Star game. So my point is that, look, first of all, I think the All-Star game I want to almost see the league, just for the sake of sports, lean into this. Just make it a complete mess of a game. I want to see these players show as least seriousness as possible so that we learn to appreciate just how valuable effort is because it's something that we, I feel like we take for granted, and maybe we shouldn't sports. Maybe if someone's getting you know, that much 
compensation. It's uh, They really should be giving it their all every single night. But I think that when it comes to college sports especially, you got people who don't have any NIL deals who if they get hurt, they lose their scholarship. And they're still going out there 100%, nothing on the line but pride. It really, honestly, watching that game, I don't want to say I started crying or anything, but it was legitimately emotional to see just how much both these teams cared despite the lack of consequences or the lack of extrinsic consequences. So next time we're watching these college sports, we're seeing them duke it out, give it their all, go 100%. We just got to take a moment and appreciate just what these athletes are doing. I, I love the take there of uh, how much we have to appreciate effort, especially in college sports, like the passion. There's... Nowadays, it's a little bit different uh, in the era of NIL where there is some compensation for the star players uh, showing up and playing most weeks, but uh, it's still just passion from the the top of the team down onto the bottom. Like They, they really love the, the sports and the games that they play. That's why they, they choose to make that level of commitment and everything during uh, their, their school year and everything that uh, goes into playing these games. It means so much to them. I think the Wisconsin-Ohio State game, there's so much of a rivalry built up between those two games, and even if it doesn't affect anything during the regular season, the bragging rights are still there, especially between two teams that have, I, I don't even know how many times in the last, what, six years they've played each other for the national championship. Yeah, for meaningful games. Yeah, so th- this, no matter what is actually on the line for it, I feel like it always feels like a national championship matchup between those two teams. As far as the All-Star game, I don't know how weird you want to go with it like what are you saying like the way they do the celebrity game where you add like I'm four point shots and that sort of anything. weird stuff i'm saying that either they got to get rid of the game or adam silver just has to stop trying because he was kind of hinting i mean ethan do you remember ethan or uh, adam silver kind of hinting the fans like hey you know we could have something extra special this year yeah right so i feel like the all-star game i mean i didn't tune in at the start but towards the end like the only time I ever got excitement was when Carl Anthony Towns was putting in all fourth effort. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, because it just looked like I was watching noon hour basketball for the most part. And uh, like you were saying with like the comparison to college sports, like I'm not trying to watch uh, just a couple of guys like shoot half court shots. Like if I'm gonna go and watch an all star game, I want to see them like yeah, play battle basketball. with each other. Yeah, and uh, I see all this stuff about incentives um, online talking about like. Um, the West and the East, um, whoever wins might get home court advantage in the finals. I feel like you don't necessarily need to um, change it completely, but I mean, if you add incentives like that, then uh, I feel like that All Star game could be a little more interesting because there's no reason why it should be 213 to 180. Yeah, 211, 186. But yeah, uh, you're you're totally right. It's maybe it's a, a George Carlin esque take. Uh, do you guys don't know who George Carlin is? I know the name, but I d- I'm not that familiar. Okay, don't look it word. up. But uh, <laughs> it, I just think that they shouldn't change it because I want to see it get worse. I want to see it devolve because the people who say that – look, you can make the argument that pro sports is better than collegiate sports because of the talent on display. But to say that collegiate sports is unwatchable because of that talent differential, I point to not just the All-Star game, but I remember watching the Bucks in 20. 20- 22 last game of the regular season they ducked the nets by benching all their starters in the last game of the season so that way they because they didn't want the two seed they wanted the three seed instead so i mean i understand the strategy behind it we i go back to bragging rights that's all they should need in a perfect world when they don't have it that's why the nba not just i mean maybe considering making a change to the all-star game but they had to put in the the games played limit to suddenly give them that personal uh, extrinsic feeling of winning an award and it's worked so it 
I understand um, why athletes are sometimes hesitant to go all out in these exhibition games or even in real games, but I just think when you change it or compare it to what we saw, it, it's disheartening. So I'll, I'll take a grade from you, gentlemen. Uh, I, I got to go solid seven with this. I think there's one comparable aspect between the lack of effort in the all-star games and big games in college sports, and that's the bowl games in football right now. And I think wholeheartedly everyone agrees that when guys sit out of those bowl games, it just makes the product terrible, oh, yeah. unwatchable. But at the end of the day, you understand when you have an opportunity for tens of millions of dollars in the next two to three years, if you can stay healthy, it's hard to pass that up just to play in one more game. So I understand where they're coming from with it. But at the end of the day, you, you got to have the best product possible and try and reshape the culture around uh regular season and these kind of extracurricular games that maybe aren't for uh aren't going to give you the clearest path for a national championship or a title or or what might have you but there should still be some importance uh carried with those ethan what you giving me um i'm giving a 8.5 eight and a half because i i agree because in many ways like i just i feel like the nba like should be more or adjust as competitive or even more competitive as college sports and there should be no reason that like he said an extracurricular game uh as you may call it uh should be blown off in any like manner because uh if anything it should be more important because you are some of the greatest players in the world there uh so i i don't know i just feel like that's it's almost um disrespectful in a way to uh like be like a player like Anthony Edwards playing with just your left hand or another yeah. player shooting from half court. Like people are tuning in to see some of the greatest competition in the world. And despite injuries and other reasons like rest, uh, I just feel like they should be putting their all in. So I don't know. Yeah. And maybe not even all in with the all-star game. Let them have a little bit of fun, I guess. Yeah. It's right, right. an exhibition, but yeah, people are paying that much money to see it. And the tickets are way cheaper to the Wisconsin OSU game. But I'll tell you what, at a, so much more fun watching the latter than did that All-Star game. And i got to give credit real quick before I pass it off to you, Alex. i uh, got to give a ton of credit to Ohio State as well because they also competed that. And they probably had less to prove than Wisconsin because they beat us already three times. All they had left was some arbitrary win streak to hold on to. But just that, like you said, breaking rights, competitiveness, that's all they needed. And it really was a back-and-forth battle. They took game one. So credit to Ohio State. I am so excited for these playoffs. Alex, take it away. One last thought on this yep. one. Uh, do you think it's just the NBA fans, like, they don't appreciate or care about, like, the fans' effort and time that they have to put in on the other side as well, like, buying the tickets, sitting there to tune in and watch the game? Do you, like, do they not think that, like, that adds value at all to their league or anything like that? Like, I don't know if that, that part is just missed on them, where they, they think it's an opportunity to just go out, have some fun amongst themselves, and they're forgetting that the whole reason you're doing this is for the people at home and trying to put on the best show possible for them. Yeah, I mean, the the players need the fans a lot more than the fans need the players. I mean, yeah, you and I, we have a sport or a show where we talk about sports, but I think that uh, we would, I think we'd manage to live if sports would suddenly evaporate. But this is, yeah, this is their entire livelihood. And you can see sports that fold, like uh, XFL not doing too well. Remember that was American Alliance of football? Yeah, it, it we, we laugh, but they fell away because no one showed up to the games. No one cared. So, yeah, I'm with you, Alex. I'd love to hear an NBA player's actual take. But maybe that's somewhere on a podcast. I'll try and dig that up. But go ahead. So for this show, uh, if there's one thing that we've made, 
uh, been the most consistent with is uh, being terrible at predicting the trajectory of Wisconsin <laughs> sports teams, uh, most notably Vincent Hesbrick uh, with his Packers Guilty. prediction. Uh, I also have said a number of things, hyping up the Bucks right before they collapsed against the Miami Heat. Uh, sorry about that one. Jinxes uh, very well might be real. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's crazy because we can make a prediction one way and the upcoming weeks and months they will do the complete opposite until we decide to change our minds and finally give them a chance whether it's good or bad and say oh this team's not able to get it done or, or yes this is this is a team that's capable and you can pick the sport within that too um the opposite is guaranteed to happen so uh i i, I think my take for this week has to be that uh as a show, we're no longer allowed to say anything nice about Wisconsin sports teams. Uh, we, we should just always predict a loss, utter despair, uh, as sort of a, re- a reverse jinx and, and protect ourselves. Because I think it's time we step up and, and take accountability for uh, what we've done to these teams by just forcing them in the opposite direction. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know what we can do better. This is the only thing I've thought of, uh, taking accountability here myself. Originally, I was going to put the blame on you, but uh, there is an... Uh, or, Actually, never mind. There's no I in team, but uh, we, we we both are at fault here. Originally, I, I was going to try and just make fun of you here, but then I thought no, about go it. Ahead. I, I've done You're it. You're welcome to. I've done it a number of times myself. Where I, I give up on the Bucks team, give up on the Packers, whatever. Say a, a million different things that I, I definitely don't agree with in the long run, but in the short term, uh, that that's just how I feel, and it, it's always wrong. So I'm just going to go ahead and and say, uh, hoping that I'm wrong about this as well. Badgers aren't going to win a single tournament game. Uh, <laughs> hockey's losing to Michigan State this weekend. The Bucks should just pack it up, fold as an organization. We have no chance. Um, yeah, Jordan yeah. Love, uh, I'm sure he will be uh, paid over way too much. Uh, he's going to fall apart next year. Yeah, I mean, everyone's just going to leave. Nobody's going to show up for spring training. There and, you go. And, and the Brewers team, uh, <laughs> nobody's going to come to training camp for football. It, I mean, I'm surprised we even still have sports teams anymore. Yeah. This is the best I can come up with right now. I'm just trying to do anything I can to reverse jinx this team right now. Hey, well, I'm, I'm glad that you've um, – so for, for reference, um, Alex – and so Bucks lost two really horrific games to the Heat in the playoffs. And in both of them, Alex has texted me, like, when the Bucks had a lead at the end, said, like, yeah, we got this. Jinxes aren't real. And then right on cue, they wound up <laughs> joking it away. But um, you, you do make a, a really good point, though, about the nature of talking about sports. I think it, it's really – ironic in the aftermath of how I started the show last week. I really, I was really upset with the stuff Doc Rivers said, and I said that um, I don't think the Bucks are going to win a championship this year. I stand by that despite their um, impressive stretch I'm glad you said that. I've had. <laughs> I think that's a promising thing for you to say, yeah, judging, you're judging by past history. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I think it's really a difficult dance because if we just say, yes, I think that if the Bucks are going to get Dame involved, and I think that if Giannis does better, then this could happen. That's just not as... It's not as entertaining or engaging. So as much as we go off on the uh, the first take-esque level of yelly screaminess, unfortunately, the reason why that show does so well is because people watch it. So I hope we kind of catch a middle ground here. We have our own opinions on stuff, and we share them. I don't think we're malicious. I, I'm, you could <laughs> probably I, I, cut to a clip right now of me <laughs> saying something wild, but... I would agree. It's tough. I I just like at this point I'm wondering if it's just not a coincidence and the, the, if these teams actually listen to the show somehow I would be very thankful for that which I'm assuming is not the case but it makes me think we actually have an impact on these games and whatever I believe is going to happen is just exactly the opposite of what actually is going to happen in that game um and 
I'm, I'm trying to find a way to use this to my advantage here. Nothing says depressed sports fan like believing you have a <laughs> games. Um, I, I, I like the bit there. Um, we, we do have quite the reputation here between ourselves. So um, I, I'd say you should have roasted me harder, though. So I'm going to stay at seven. But, um, yeah, I think we do have quite the streak going right now. Definitely. You think? Um, yeah, tough one for you to rate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, as a Chicago fan, I've been pessimistic all my life, and unfortunately it has not reverse jinxed anything for me other than the 2016 Cubs uh, World Series. <laughs> but um, So I'm going to give that also a seven because, unfortunately, it has not worked um, in my favor so you think I should actually just be a good sports fan and just root for my team, win or lose, and, and not try and play games with them? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, why not? I, I think that's you got to put the love into it. Uh, that's what I've learned growing up, unfortunately, um, is all you can do is hope, even though uh, the hope never turns out <laughs> how you want it to. Just you know, Ethan, the show's not usually like this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we usually talk about real stuff. <laughs> Ethan, go ahead. Okay, um, so mine, so I was looking at the, the MIP ladder for the NBA, a most improved player, and I see Tyrese Maxey on top, but again, sticking with my Chicago roots, I gotta, I gotta say, I'm thinking Kobe White um, in there. He's, he's second, but I feel like he's gonna, he's gonna just keep rising as a, as a star. He's been playing pretty well, I think averaging around 20, 22 19.4, oh. and I did look that up, I didn't know off the top of my oh, head. I was gonna player. say, wow. No, uh, so yeah, he's he's edging the the twenty points per game. Uh, I think he increased maybe like from twelve or thirteen points per game, and he, and he's been performing pretty well as our as our one. I just really like how he's been playing. I know Tyrese Maxey has also been incredible, especially as an All Star coming up. I think it's sophomore season, maybe uh, maybe it's his third year, but I don't know. I, I just really like seeing Kobe White out there, um, being the guard that the Bulls need. I really like that take. I think Tyreek Maxey falls into a weird situation where when Ja won his most improved player, it, they were already a really, really good player before right. that. They just didn't have the full opportunity to control and lead the team. Mm-hmm. And you lose James Harden and Joel Embiid in the same year. I would hope that your third best player is able right. to make a massive jump. I mean, the NBA, there, there's no shortage of talent on practically any team. Um, and when... The other stars around you are, are out. You would expect that next guy to be able to step up, take advantage of the shot opportunities and everything like that. So I, I like it. I think Tyrese Maxey is a great player, but I think he was too good before the season to be in that most improved right. player conversation. So I'd go solid eight on that. Hi, Marks, <laughs> today. Uh, yeah, I, I I see both sides of this one. Uh, Maxey is in year four right now, but, uh, yeah, let me— Year four, right? yeah, but I mean, b- pretty close. He averaged seventeen and a half his second year, twenty last year, twenty six this year. Um, I feel like that it kind of shows in the NBA that most we kind of forget just how good these players are. Obviously, that I mean, the Brian Scalabrini's, I kind of quote, I'm closer to LeBron than you are than me. But I think we also forget that we've seen guys kind of come off the bench as people we haven't heard of and drop like thirty points. But it's because it's we forget how valuable the green light is, right? Any of these players, if they had to, if their life depended on it, they could put up minimum 20 points. I feel like if they just shot the ball enough, they're capable of doing that, and anyone's capable of getting hot. So i got to give credit to Kobe White for taking advantage of his opportunities. He only averaged 9.7 last year, only took eight shots, and now he's averaging 19.4 on 15 shots a game. So I'd say that's your big point. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I just think that Kobe White hasn't been as great on defense this year, and Maxi yeah. isn't necessarily a stopper by any stretch. But I kind of, I know it's not supposed to be a team thing, but Maxi has contributed so much to winning basketball. And although I, I just kind of look at more because the Bulls are also in close games. I'm sure you, you know yeah. that they oh, have yeah, patented right. the heartbreaking loss, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I just think that when the, it comes to crunch time, I'd rather have Maxi more, and I did not feel that way about him last year, so I'd give him the nod. That being said, loving the rise of Kobe White this year, so I'm going to give you a five on this one. Fair enough. Awesome. Should we take it to, uh, what's the segment called? Uh, I think we called it Badger Sports Update. Uh, we'll come out with a name next week. We promise. Uh, we'll start off with basketball. Ethan, seems like you got some, uh, y- you were fired up for the show. Feels like you were ready to say some. Wisconsin's coming off a heartbreaking 70-74 yeah. loss, crucial, or er, Miss and crutch time kind of offense kind of fell apart. So, uh, what, what you thinking here? Well, I actually didn't watch it live, but I checked like the live updates on my phone. Now, you're a busy um, man. I'm sure you were doing something incredibly productive. Uh, yes, of course, of course. Um, and the one thing that really stuck out to me is the fact that uh, Chucky Hepburn led us in rebounding last night, and I just feel like <laughs> that is not something that's supposed to happen. He actually led us in rebounding assists and points, and um, the rebound differential is actually pretty bad for us uh when it came to defensive rebounds um so i'm not digging in on any of the the big men personally but i feel like um from looking at that i feel like we need to uh definitely just box out i guess more down in the paint um from what i saw from the stat line uh obviously watching it may have been a little bit different if there were any like bounces off the off the rim and Chucky just came in and swept it up, but from looking at stats, that was uh, not good. Um, and then also, I, I feel like uh, also just looking at the stat line, um, Indiana's sixty-two field goal percentage. I, is there much we can stop with that? It just sounds like they're knocking down shots. No, no, yeah. So like, I don't know. Is is it just like they were streaky? Is that a, something that we should worry about, uh, or is this does this win matter as much as as we think, or this loss? I guess I think it's a pretty important loss. I mean, a lot of these games have come down to the end, and we haven't been able to consistently score, especially in the last three to five minutes of, the, of a game. And I mean, with a very experienced roster, I feel like that's one thing that you would count on is when the game gets tight having those experienced players step up and in my opinion we haven't really seen that consistently throughout the year there's been guys on a night in night out they, they step up here and there but uh, it's not consistently uh, there across the board so I think it's important that we're, we're losing these games especially leading up into March in my opinion you want to be kind of more on a hot streak get these bad losses out of the way earlier mm-hmm. in the season and uh, I, I mean, you can't stop a team that's that's shooting sixty percent. Right. But at the same time, I would like to see, th- especially this team, be able to try and match that a little bit more, mm-hmm. especially at the end of the game. For sure. Well, I, I view because look, sometimes teams just get white hot. You can't stop them. But sixty-two percent indicates that you're letting people get wide open in the paint, which I'd say happened uh, pretty frequently. I mean. What, how do you say the name? Khalil Ware? He had 27 points. Mm-hmm. He just went off and he was dominating everybody down low. But uh, I really liked your point, though, Ethan, about Chucky Hepburn because, yeah, like the great teams, they have a defined score, a defined rebounder. Maybe your go to guys, you're reading score and rebounder, in the case of Zach Eady. But, yeah, when you're a point guard leading you in points, assists, and rebounds, and he's supposed to be a distributor kind of type, that mm-hmm. means something really wrong happened. So, right. with you 100% on that one. 
Yeah, if you really were the most optimistic Badger fan, you could say, well, uh, yeah, we had that bad stretch, uh, and we had our foot off the gas against Rutgers and Michigan, but we woke up against Ohio State, and then, yeah, Iowa just kind of lucked into an overtime win. This one is indefensible for even the most passionate, optimistic Badger fan, in my opinion. And I'm, I mean, my, I, I'm trying not to uh, contradict myself based on my take to, to start the show, but I'm like I try and have optimism for this team, and the more this year goes on, I feel like we kind of just know where and what these players are, especially the guys that have been on this roster for the last three or four years. M- my expectations just keep dropping. They were set very, very high at the start of the season. I thought the introduction of AJ Store was going to be a great transfer for our team, and uh, it was just a crazy what, thing. We're just still bad. Yeah, that, that's. I think it's just everyone else around him on the team is you. Ca- they're solid players. I mean, they're good enough to play d1 basketball at a high level but once you get to that level there's the margins between that and the teams above you i I think it's too great between us and that kind of top 10 top 15 talent yeah we'll jump to women's basketball uh we we, we got destroyed by purdue but i love talking about them so i'll tell my story i think actually i've told both you guys about this but i want to know if i uh was in the right or wrong here where i had to run off the court at halftime as were the cheerleaders and i got sucked into the line of cheerleaders leaving and they were doing a high five line with a bunch of like a, a youth uh, girl, girls basketball team, and they were they had a show at halftime, and they were, had better handles than I had, which isn't saying much. But so I wound up being in the middle of it of a high five line with my plaid shirt and cruddy hair. I, so did you join the cheerleaders or the, the, the high school basketball no, team? Okay, no, that would be something else. And it wasn't a high school team; oh. it was a um, like an elementary school. Oh, team. so even yeah. younger. So I went so through that line, towering over. No, I did not join a game <laughs> at halftime. I was walking off the court to the media room and got swept up in the the, the mass of cheerleaders. And that's what I'm happened. just imagining like Vince just having a good day at the beach and just getting pulled away by like a rift. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually uh, really uh, of just all the cheerleaders and, and it makes my, me look less bad. Like <laughs> but at the same time, I'm assuming you're you're just so passionate. You just have so oh, much team pride and spirit that you just wanted to be there to to get in the high five line, mm-hmm. show the love around the stadium, and. And that was why you joined that line. Yeah. I think it was intentional, and you're just trying to talk your way out of it now. How dare you? Uh, but, uh, look, it's a great way of making – because I'd say from outside perspective, it looked like some depressed kid was so desperate for love that he ran through a high-five line. <laughs> but, yeah, well, we'll just say I'm so passionate about women's sports that uh, I just felt like I had to support them. <laughs> okay, we'll jump to hockey. Oh, yikes. Uh, awesome. We talked. We already touched on the series against Ohio State, but uh, yeah, St. Thomas matchup coming up. Uh, best of three series starts Friday. And, and any notes on that? I know that we're certainly expected to beat St. Thomas. Anything uh, can happen. I mean, I yeah, that's the one thing I'm, I'm trying not to jinx them now. I, I got, I'm stuck in my own head now. I, I'm, I don't know how to talk about our sports teams. I kind of wish I didn't make that joke to start the show. Yeah, you just destroyed the entire show. <laughs> I kind of did. Um, yeah, I, I think they're going to win this game. I, I trust this team more than any other uh, Wisconsin sports team right now. So It'd be one of the upsets of not just the women's hockey season, the sports season. A hundred percent. they lost. Uh, and then men's hockey, uh, got a prediction for us here, Ethan. Big matchup coming up against uh, Michigan State. I think if they win one game and tie another one, they officially take the Big Ten crown, anything less than that. And then Michigan State gets it. And it's going to be pretty sellout predictions here, how we do, game one, game two? I think it's going to be a, a very tough battle. Um, I'm The biggest difference is 
being at home. I think we have a really, really great home atmosphere, um, especially this season. Uh, there's been great attendance all year long. I mean, they're already selling extra student tickets, opening up the upper decks. So I expect the Cole Center to be pretty rowdy and this to be a, a very tight matchup, but uh, I think it's some pretty winnable games. Yeah, I mean, I obviously I'm hoping we win that first game because I know if we do, the atmosphere, the home court advantage, that second game, oh, yeah. and the Cole Center is going to be rocking. So, yeah, I mean, predictions. Um, kind of put you on the spot here. Yeah. yeah, see, I'm not a big hockey guy, but I'm going to just say 2-0. You know, I'll, oh, of course. I'll, I'll go for this for the sweep. I just feel like this maybe this weekend feel some luck in the air, uh, heading into March, get the St. Patty's Day uh, luck on our side. There you go. That's some. It's look the the most important part of of talking about sports on the radio is being able to effectively talk about stuff you know nothing about. And that was <laughs> a, that, that was some good stuff there. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm I'm with you, Alex. I think I mean obviously game one. I'd say that's the most important one because I feel like that if. If Big Ten on the line, if it comes down to Game Two at the Kohl Center, I'd have a tough time believing that this Wisconsin team couldn't power one out. But I'd be a little spooked about Michigan State maybe jumping us Game One and suddenly uh, makes Game Two a lot more inconsequential. Then we can put my my take to the test. Then if they're to lose Game One, will they show up for Game Two and play like their lives depend on it, like they have all season? Uh, we'll find out. And that's not really much of a segue to a break. <laughs> but we will say uh, coming out, we'll go over our laundry list. Uh, we'll, we'll do our, our NFL GM awards, which we uh, did, had to unfortunately cut last week because I, oh, I was so excited for that one. And finally, we'll, we'll do the NBA blame game. You'll have to listen to find out what the heck that is because I still don't really know. <laughs> we'll figure it out together. Shannon and the Clams are coming to the Majestic Theater on Wednesday, June 12th. The indie rock group is known for their vintage sound combining elements of garage punk, psychedelic, and R&B music. Doors are at 7 p.m. and the show starts at 8. That's Shannon and the Clams at The Majestic on June 12th. Hey Jay, what are you doing? I'm gonna walk. But Jay, the light is red. What if there's a car? You know I don't believe in cars. I'm gonna walk. Jay, please. I'm doing it. <gasps> he really put the L in walk. Let's not be like our ex-friend Jay. It's well known that Wisconsin ranks 46 in the country for jaywalking-related accidents. And with your participation, we could be 47th. Here are some tips to help you obey pedestrian traffic laws. Often find yourself restless at a red light? Carry around a fidget toy or a snack. Look left and right, then left again. Repeat as necessary. Hold hands while crossing the street. If still inclined to break the law, ask a friend to restrain you. Remember, you, you can't, can't walk if you're, if you're hit, hit by, by a car. Wise words from a wise man. We are back on WSM 91.7 FM Master. You're listening to After Further Review with Vince Hesburg, Alex Schuster, and Ethan White, right? West. Oh, close. Close enough. It's becoming a streak of me <laughs> getting the people's names wrong. It's honestly embarrassing. See, that, that's point. why I don't even try. I just let the. I, I'm First more worried about basis. pronunciation, especially with the last names. I, I'm almost guaranteed to get that wrong. So I try and let them introduce themselves. I, I feel like that's a, a bad call, though. 
Yeah, well, we just learned that it's clearly a good <laughs> yeah. call. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Yeah, I'm getting worried I got, like, amnesia or something. Because I'm trying. I'm like, yep, boom, got their name. And I'm just like, oh, shoot, what's going on? But anyways, we'll, we'll go to laundry list. Uh, now I think we made it to a segment. There's a lot of crazy stuff happening in sports. Alex, you probably got the talk of the sports world right now somehow. I mean, my favorite topic of the week is uh, a real-life cars finish. Uh, just three cars. Cars come- a movie, you mean. Yes. The, uh, yes. The uh, – is the piston cup that they're racing for uh, right oh, at the yeah, end? Baby. When you had uh, what is it, McQueen, Chick Hicks, and uh, Domin? Yeah, I'll look it up. Yeah, it's not that important, but uh, yes, it is. All, all three of them t- essentially tied the race in a, a, a fictional movie. I might, I should add, uh, this happened in real life in NASCAR, um, coming down to uh, less than a, a tenth of a second. Uh, I should have written down the guy's name. He won a race in NASCAR, uh, literally three cars lined up coming down to a photo finish. Uh, even with the picture, you can barely tell that he was like millimeters ahead of the other car. And I don't, I, I'm a fairly big Formula One fan, not the biggest NASCAR guy, but I don't know how this doesn't happen more often in the sport. When everyone's driving the exact same car, I would expect there to be like close finishes pretty regularly. This was like, photo finish at like a swim meet level of like neck and neck the entire way coming down the stretch and came down right to the finish line very exciting yeah they're they're very often close but that close especially with three cars like coming down to the end of it like that it's so impressive yeah it was thrilling and it's just unfortunate that they have to race for hours and hours before they reach (laughs) that point you talk about how close it is at the end yeah and i felt bad for the the guy that was in the middle of the the line of cars it has to be so stressful because you're going over 100 miles an hour down a straightaway with two cars going equal speed right next to you and you you got (laughs) to keep control there i i can't imagine what that would feel like yeah, I don't want to think about that. I can hardly drive uh, 50 miles an hour <laughs> just driving from here to my hometown. But, yeah, I feel that. It's only one of two instances I think we've uh, NASCAR has even mentioned my brain or been in my brain with the first one being, remember when that dude uh, went around the corner? The slingshot along the wall. Yep. That Are you I think yeah, it was from a video game or something that he, he figured out that that was, like, the fastest way to get around because you oh, build momentum. Yeah, and, he didn't yeah. break going around the corner. He just stepped on the gas and like ro- drove rolled the into the wall. Around. And yeah, yeah. Oh, that's all, was it like shooting up sparks and stuff? Yeah, <laughs> it was like a like, slingshot up, scraped dude. around the wall. Yeah, I remember there was a race you said after that. Like this is bad for the sport. It's like that's wrong. That's wrong. No. I'm talking about it. But, right. uh, it's incredibly dangerous, especially if he would have had something go wrong with his car. All the cars next to him would have uh, been a very bad predicament, to say the least. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. All right, Alex. I, I, should we go court storming right now? I, Let's do it. I, I See, I've gone on the show and said that I think it's awesome. Fans have an absolute blast. Unfortunately, now people are getting hurt from it, so there's a lot of pressure on people who think court storming's fun and cool and exciting. Um, I'm going to stand by it. I, I think it's still fun, cool, and exciting. I know it's dangerous when you have a bunch of kids running out on the floor, especially when the game's not even done. Uh, you got to be more respectful of the players, the opposing team um equipment staff anyone that is on the floor even other fans out there but at the same time i i I feel like these are just unfortunate coincidences like it you there's no malicious like going like it's caitlin clark wasn't attacked like some fan ran out of the bleachers and tackled her or something like that (laughs) These, these are just unfortunate accidents and i mean along with that does come uh 
changes in the rules. I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up being banned, but I, I think that's stupid. I, I think it's exciting for fans to let them celebrate, show their team pride, especially in the big games. When like when you upset a rival or uh, any big game on your home floor, I feel like you have a right to go celebrate it. Well, just because something happens on accident, though, doesn't mean it should be allowed. Like, if I were to lose control of a vehicle and crash into somebody's house, it can't be like, well, you can't charge me. I didn't do any. Well, I'm not saying they shouldn't be in trouble for it. You gotta, I'm not saying, like, he's not, irres- like, he, he's still at fault for it. Like, if you hurt someone in you're that situation. Fans, yeah. Right? yeah. You still should be at fault, but I would hope that you're mindful enough to not get in that situation. But, I mean, I feel like the biggest thing is you have to let the opposing team just let them off the floor and then let them run out there. Uh, other than that, I mean, I, what else do you really want to change? Like, how how many times has this happened in the past? I feel like it's just two unfortunate coincidences that lined up in the same season, and it draws more attention to it. Yeah, before I pass it off to Ethan, I, you, you make a really good point. My solution is that um, – you temporarily keep them off because you're not able to keep them off forever. Yeah. I mean, army of crazy college students, no army or no military, I think, could take them down. I think if we sent the UW Madison student section to Ukraine, that'd be figured out in like <laughs> an hour tops. But um, I think that they got to try and find like a wall or something to try and stop it temporarily to give them just that split second of time to get off the court because. Look, I don't know how they would stop court Or just finish the game at least. Like that should yeah. also be like the bare minimum. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I'm with you on that one. So I, I I'm look, we're, we're, yeah, I feel like young people traditionally like the court stormings. I'm in that group, but I'm also mentally an old man, so I said something's really got to change here. But what, what you got for us here, Ethan? Yeah, I mean, it's really rough that the two like incidents happened very like close together for the court storming. I mean. It's just a college basketball tradition. I feel like like you don't see that atmosphere in the NBA or any other leagues and everybody gets excited for like college sports and like the fan base atmosphere and I feel like taking that away takes a big chunk out of it. Uh and I do agree with the like you should probably have some precautions like some security blocking off and wait till the game ends. Um but you don't really see any major injuries. I mean, you got like six foot eight, six foot six guys out there, big bulky, and uh, I don't know. I don't think a five foot three like journalism major is gonna go out there and knock a dude over and break him. But you, you never seen Vince. know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Vince, are you gonna go out there? And... I, I I think that when you said that, you were looking at. Me. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not targeting. What's I'm up? not that short. Thank you very much. I am six foot six. <laughs> no, I don't know. I, there, it is definitely becoming more concerning uh with the Filipkowski, how he pronounce his last name situation yeah um but it's just such a like enjoyable thing to see like a fan base go and celebrate with their team after i just feel like it's it's tough to take it out completely from the from the league i feel like it would be rough and i feel like how many times like do you get that opportunity right where, like these it does happen pretty frequently in college basketball, I guess, because there's so mm-hmm. many games that happen. But at the same time, like as a fan base, it's not like you have a million situations to prepare for these and right. be ready for it. But I think now that we've seen what can go wrong in these situations, there's going to be more preparation, maybe more like guardrails or something like that to mm-hmm. restrict the players from or uh, let the players get off the floor before fans can get out on the court. Right. It would be a great thing to add. 
But at the same time, like you look at the slow motion clips, the players that ended up getting injured, I, I wouldn't say it's their fault. Like there's the, the Ooh, above careful. angle of like careful. the Philip Kowski yeah. guy, like his leg is going forward into it. I'm know. not saying he was trying to trip the fan. I think he was just unaware and not looking out of the corner of his eye for someone sprinting full speed. And he, they both, it takes like, if two cars run a red light and they crash in the middle or, like, don't stop at a stop sign, like, they're both at fault, I don't – you can't put – I would put more blame on the fan. <laughs> I'd put more blame on the fan, but in my mind, it's just two people that weren't looking bumped into each other, and it it's unfortunate, yeah. but it, it wasn't, like, a malicious attack or anything like that. Right. I, I think it was – just an unfortunate accident. I think we have to agree or disagree on this one. I think it shouldn't be up to the players to decide their own safety. But, yeah, I mean, it, he, he did stick his leg out mm-hmm. abnormally far. Right. It's and tough either way. It's a weird clip, too, because it's just the isolated above view of, like, one or two steps. So you can make it look bad depending on where you clip it. I think he was just walking there and didn't have his head up. Like, you, you've got to be aware of your surroundings. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if I not looking where I'm going and I walk into like a pole or something like that. Like it, it would be my fault in that situation. I'm not saying this was exactly what happened. It's just you, you both, both people are accountable to some degree. I'm, I would put more blame on the fan, but you got to carry your own weight there when you're just not looking where you're going. He just lost a massive <laughs> game. It's, all right. Well, it's okay. If I go ahead then. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I see what you're saying though. Um, yeah, whatever. We already discussed it. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I want to first talk about the MLB jerseys. Look, they're they're a, a mess. Have you guys heard about these? I've s- seen pictures of them, and uh, I hope they solve this before the season's on and someone rips their shorts you, you seem swinging. You smirking here. <laughs> I think it's funny, but I, it's just it's bad. Funny. It's a bad look for them. Okay. Well, look, people are making potty humor jokes <laughs> to describe the new MLB jerseys, and it, it's immature, okay? You, you guys just don't get it, all right? These new jerseys, specifically the see-through pants, are really hurting the sport. You can see the cracks forming in the sports foundation <laughs> as I played the intro. <laughs> I had my own bland bit. Oh, God. You even point me doing it. Maybe that's just God telling me that I shouldn't be doing it. But whatever. Okay. You, you can see the cracks forming in the sports foundation. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. I'm serious. I hate to shine a light <laughs> on a sensitive area. And reveal MLB's dirty little secret, but baseball's place in mainstream culture is fading. Haters have been dying to hit a home run against this Florida baseball. And the jerseys have them set up in a two-ball, no-strike hitters count. So guess what, baseball? As long as these jerseys are still in use, the image of the game will be tainted. Oh my! Worst God. segment we've ever done. I'm just gonna move on. That's a ten out of a ten. You should have done Get that for your take. I, I hit the space bar on the keyboard. Don't. Even with that, the, the I love that was my favorite bit that you've ever done on this show. No, I it's think not. it's I think it's very I was funny. so set up. I actually had way more to that earlier, but I had to talk to um one of the exact members here because a lot of stuff I said would not be FCC compliant. Oh. Uh, it's so funny what happened. It's so right funny. Now. Yeah, we just can't get it right. Uh, jump right ahead. Cavs half court buzzer beater. Oh gosh, that hurts the Bucks. They would have been within one game of the two seed. Instead, they're not. Max Drews haunting us from beyond the grave. Uh, any any final or Ethan. No. Yeah. Oh, I see you have Doc down here. Oh no, I oh, have yes, for you. Oh yes, Doc. Yeah. Uh, big Doc hater right now. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, really? I, I feel like, I mean, yeah, there the recent stretch has been been good, but I just don't see any playoff hopes with him personally. Because when you look at his records in the playoffs, yes, he's got that Celtics championship win, but 
when you have that trio of players, I'd hope you win right, a championship. Exactly, exactly. And then other than that, like failed Celtics team, Sixers, I don't even want to talk about that team. And I just, I just don't I don't see anything coming out of it unless it's like solely the players winning that like winning a playoffs because uh, I just don't see Doc getting a team through the playoffs. I'm not sure. And, well, I would argue that Giannis to some degree did win uh, his championship in spite of Bud. So I, Ooh, I, I think you, take. I think you can see us doing it again. I wouldn't give up hope completely, but. I know I texted you this, where Pat Beverly and Doc are completely different personalities and everything, where they work well together, but I feel like Pat Beverly is the guy that you hate until he's on your team, and you can't oh, yeah. get enough of him. Doc Rivers, you love him, you respect him as a coach, until he's on your team, and then you're like, please, get as far as you possibly can away from this organization. So it's he still knows the game of basketball very well. He's, he's sure. a, a professional coach for a reason i mean you don't end up blowing 3-1 leads in the eastern conference finals western conference finals without getting there first so i think he does have the knowledge to lead a team but at the same time it's a it's a big question mark and his commitment is the biggest issue for sure yeah that's the exact take i gave um to start last week's show uh yeah i'm encouraged by the stretch this is like one of the best stretches in the Giannis era in terms of purely defense uh, i saw a stat i wish i wrote it down because now it's just me totally uh it's not like i'm speculating i'm not trust had a good me bro stretch. they're good <laughs> bro, my stat trust me bro um but yeah i'm totally with you on that one so a little bit short for time here so i want to quick jump to the uh the uh, the NFL GM awards, a lot of NFL moves were made over the past year. Some were way better than others. So, Alex, you want to dive right in? Yeah, uh, I think should we start off with uh, best trade? Yep, and- best trade. And I, I, I thought this personally as a player acquired by a team because you could argue that the worst trade would also be the best trade for the other team on the other end of That's it. That's what but I was thinking Go on well. here. What'd so you get? I did the, the Bears getting the Panthers' number one pick and also – DJ Moore, I mean, DJ Moore is a phenomenal wide receiver. He did great things for the Panthers, immediately was productive in Chicago last season. I think he was the biggest impact on their team. Um, I mean, you, you can make a lot of arguments for Sweat and some of the the defensive guys, but I think he is going to be the biggest asset for their team in the next couple years. And then also having that number one pick and whoever that's going to turn out to be, if whatever other assets you might be able to turn that into as well it's hard not to go with that pick yeah i'm with you that that's the right answer uh, i just wrote different because i kind of figured that would be it uh christian mccaffrey trade that was i think we almost like forget i that was 100 forgot about that yeah but yeah give up a second round and a fifth round pick for and one of the most dynamic players dealing him from the rams i feel like is almost yes. a more important factor yeah like you're right the niners you take that from your division rival i just Massive for that team. Yeah, they could get a first-round pick for Chris McCaffrey right now, I'm convinced. Although with the running back market, who knows? Also had Roquan Smith as a follow-up. He's been fantastic for the Ravens and on a pretty solid deal. Jump to worst deal. I think there's look, there, there's, there's two very bad ones, but I think one stands above the rest of them. So if there's, I, I'll take the the worst one. Or I'm, I'm going Russell Wilson to the Broncos. Oh, really? I, I think the Watson deal with his contract makes it worse, but the actual trade itself, the amount that you gave up for him, and then also just blowing up that organization coaching-wise and all the things that you have done afterwards. Just now they're they're looking to move off him already. I think the Browns at least are trying to keep Watson for a couple more years. They don't have a choice. Yeah. But, I yeah. mean, I, same way that the, the Broncos shouldn't really have a choice with Russ, but they're going to 
try and do it anyways. I feel like them trading for him, paying him, and then immediately moving off of him might end up being worse for them, the Broncos, than the Browns deal. But at the same time, it, it's a it's hard to argue that case. I, I feel like the Browns one is so, so bad that I'm making a losing argument here. No, I, I see what you're saying. Uh, I view the contract as an extension of the trade, but, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I mean, in terms purely of transaction, uh, it was not good for us. And I forget the exact details of the trade, but I think they're pretty comparable. Three first-rounders. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> three first-round picks, and I think – and the level oh gosh, of the, negative asset and the talent on the, the rest of the team around him too like the, the browns were really a quarterback away as we saw from joe flacco going in there and performing the broncos i mean i guess we haven't seen the quarterback going in there perform yet but i wouldn't say that they're a quarterback away still so i, I feel like that team after that trade is in a far worse situation all right jump to best draft I almost feel like a pretty obvious answer. I went with the Texans. I, you have to. I mean, you have offensive and defensive rookie of the year in the same season. How do you go anywhere else? There you go. Uh, maybe even more obvious, worst draft. So oh. do you go the Panthers here? Is I, that, I went with the Panthers. Yeah. I conclude the trade as part of that. I've also seen that the the Giants also had a very, very bad draft last year. I think that's a, a solid honorable mention. Yep. Fair enough. Uh, now, my two favorite ones, best non-quarterback contract. Uh, there's some good ones here. I actually have three of them. Uh, I went with Travis Kelsey, the number one, four years, 57 for him is an absolute steal. I think going into the future, that one's not going to look No, but he only good. has uh, a one year or two years oh, left. Oh, are you on. saying like the entire yeah. course yes, of the current Yes, the entire course of the contract. He's on like year three of that deal. So, so last two years, he's breaking records. I looked at this differently. I was looking at the contract that they're currently on over the rest of the life of it, what's going to be the best value. And I also oh, have three. Over the remainder. But, okay, yeah. that's fair. I just went uh, Matthew Judon, that contract for Patriots. Also. We got hurt last year, but 454 for like an all-pro. That's great. And Jesse Bates looks like the best deal of free agency. Best uh, free safety in the league, in my opinion, uh, for four years. $64 million is a lot, but not with the production he's given. Go ahead, Alex. Uh, my number one was Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, he, I think oh. he only has one more year left on the deal, but he's getting paid less than his brother, which is crazy. He makes less than Equiminius St. Brown. That that shouldn't be real, but it is. Uh, and he, I think it's his rookie deal, though. It it is, but I I, oh. I think he's already a top three receiver in the NFL right now. It, I mean, I I would say that's a pretty hot take, but his talent, his personality, everything. I, he's probably one of my favorite players. Awesome. Which other two? My other, I had uh, Pacheco and then Micah Parsons. Both. Pacheco, I think, is a, a step above Parsons. I mean, the the value you go and get him, win two Super Bowls with him yeah, being a pick. key, yeah, a key part of the team, and then Micah Parsons is arguably a defensive player of the year every single year, and still on that rookie deal. So yeah, I'm with you. Um, we we we've had different routes. Obviously, you know, you with the rookie deals so yeah. are the best bargains in the sport. I had the veteran ones, but yeah, uh, two trains of thought, and I'd say they, there's a lot of good contracts in there. Two contrast worst non QB contracts. Unfortunately, I think the consensus number one answer might be David Bakhtiari here. So I that was the worst for the Packers. I think Michael Thomas is worse. Oh, because he hasn't been playing on his that. at all. The injuries and then just the media noise and everything around it. Uh, I think he ended up making like a, over a hundred million dollars from that contract. Five too. years, ninety six million. Yeah, not the best deal. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I, I like that one. Bakhtiari was close to. Like it was six, still four years, yeah. ninety-two million. So he's making more on average. Uh, you can debate either way because Thomas has been a cancer for the season. Yeah. 
Um, other two or other one I had uh, just in the micro, uh, paying eleven million dollars a year for a guy you're not playing is pretty bad. Jets and Alan Lazard. That I didn't even think of that one. That one's really really bad because I feel like they have to replace him already, and they still have a, another year of him left. So, yeah, that that's a really rough one. All right, well, I'll leave it up to you here, Alex. You want to uh, speed through blame game, or you want to beat around the bush here for the last four minutes? Uh, I, what if we just do the, the top three from each conference from blame Sounds game? Sounds good. Okay, so in the name of the game, if each contender were to lose this year, which member of their organization would take the most blame from the general public, and how severe would that blame be? We're going to give our, our picks, and we're going to talk about, uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, how bad it would be. So we'll start off with the third seed in the West. I believe that's the Clippers. Uh, I think it's the Nuggets right oh, now. Oh, Nuggets, my bad. Yeah, I, this one, I, who do you even blame here? I mean, Jokic maybe, but at the same time, they won a, the championship last year, so I, I feel like he, as their star player, has to be getting the largest share of the blame pie here, but at the same time, it, it's like maybe a, a four or five where they have high expectations, but you are coming off a championship. It's hard to go back-to-back. I think there are some excuses already kind of built in because of that. Yeah, I uh, I went a different route, but I, I ran into a similar problem where I just can't imagine Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic not showing up come playoff time. So uh, I, I went with Michael Porter Jr. Uh, he received a lot of flack in the finals, and he's got that big contract. So I just went with him, gave him a four, and we'll jump to the East. Third seed right now is the Bucks. I can we go with the the front office as a whole oh, yeah. for this one, and I think that would be a ten. Um, when you Whoa. Have, when, in my book, it is you you can't do worse than you did last season you have to win at least one playoff series and ideally two and even then it, i think this year would still be a disappointment you can't have two of the top five players in the nba and not be in Ooh, top five well, top i guess 10, 10 yeah I, I feel like that was a little too generous for dame but yeah it, uh, two of the top players in the nba it, it it's just a disaster and i feel like the way this has gone it, it's just one bad front office decision after another yeah it's it's still time to pull together but yeah if they were to lose it'd be pretty bad um you still i gotta go with doc rivers though because he's already <laughs> getting hammered for every loss that they have he's getting hammered when the team's winning right now um so i think that if they were to lose specifically have a lead and blow it i think this would be one of the bigger social media storms in the nba in terms of criticizing a, a member for a loss they had. Uh, I, I guess I didn't have social media or even knew what basketball was when LeBron uh, <laughs> collapsed against the Mavs, but I, I'd, I'd be morbidly interested to see what the internet cooks up. I gave it a 9 on Doc. Well, yeah, John Horst, I'm sure he'd get some hate for that. Thunder, uh, I went with Shea. Only gave him a 3, though, because I think it's just a young team. No one's going to be too mad at them. Yeah, I would go 2, 3, somewhere in that range. It's such a young team that there's, I mean, the most experienced guy, I guess, would have to be Shea, but even then, like, how, young. yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. For Cavs, went with Donovan Mitchell. I gave him a 7 on that one because he gave a lot of picks for him. Needs some return on investment before he leaves for L.A. at some point. I knocked him down a little bit. I had the same player, but I, I think it's only 4 or 5. I think they're a really solid team, but I feel like they're not, like, just because of the Celtics and Milwaukee being a little bit more in that conversation, I feel like you don't get as much media hate. All right, speed through it. Timberwolves, I went with Cat. Game of seven. He's kind of a train wreck sometimes in the playoffs. Yeah, 
Definitely. All right, and finally, Celtics, Tatum. Um, I kind of regret this. I gave him an eight just because I think the Kobe comparisons come back to bite you in the eyes of the media. But uh, I don't know. They're a pretty well-rounded I, team. I just can't see him playing bad, so I went Jalen Brown. I mean, you saw the, like the dunk Gold contest left. hate. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's probably the right answer. And with that, that will do it. Ethan, thank you so much course, for joining you. us. Uh, you gave insightful takes, as always, and we, we you, you joined the worst possible show. Uh, <laughs> no, it's funny. I'm telling time. the trains, like, don't be afraid to goof up. It's okay. And I had multiple typical <laughs> asks but uh, that'll do it. I'm Vince Hesburgh here with Alex Schuster. You listen to After Further Review. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great rest of your day.